0: Yes, 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 yes.
1: We but you're will, doing that.
0: We will podcast.
1: <laughs> All right, In let's not Yeah, right, I got to go to Target. <laughs> Talking talk podcast for the media by us um <laughs> joined today by brent hi chris hello david yo and tj Here. Uh, today we're going to be talking about our homework from last week which was to kill a mockingbird before getting into our main topic suspense but first let's talk to kill a mockingbird uh, Brent assigned it, and uh, let's go around the table. Should you kill a mockingbird, yes or no, after watching the movie?
0: It's a sin. Don't do it. <laughs> do kill all the blue jays you want. Yeah. <laughs> blue I, jays are the scum of the
2: fucking earth. And they should <laughs> all die. Jesus. I'm just saying that as a Braves fan. <laughs> <laughs> I just hate Canada. Brent, what do you think about it?
0: I already said what I thought. Blue jays are the scum of yeah, it's a it's a classic. It's it, it had been a long time since I've, I'd seen it. I think I saw it, last time I saw it was in a theater actually. Ooh. uh in 1960. No, uh. <laughs> um, I think I saw it over in, in Athens at a at a theater years ago. So uh, I don't know. I'll, I'll, that movie makes me feel good, and uh, it's inspiring to me, and it's uh, it's one of my favorite movies ever made, and um. I'm really glad I rewatched it, and I made others rewatch it too. Mm.
1: Yeah, it always makes me feel like uh, the movie's so heroic at the end. Yeah, you feel pretty good, and you feel stuff about courage. And came away continually impressed with Gregory Peck, just how commanding he is.
0: Yeah, it's it's a hell of a performance. All the performances are really good. The kids have unusually good performances. I think. Yeah, mm-hmm. super for, for like child actors, super naturalistic,
1: especially for the time, 1962. I mean even even that little
0: weirdo who plays Dill <laughs> uh Dill is a weird little character so it yeah. it worked yeah supposedly based on Truman Capote mm mm-hmm. mhm
1: who's also a weird little character yeah. <laughs> yeah
0: right yeah i wrote down some some uh, thoughts i had during the movie um like i want popcorn no uh <laughs> <laughs> Like, the very first thing, I, I like the way the movie starts, which is uh, you you get Atticus being, like, honest with his kids about when she says, are we poor? And he says, yep. And she's like, is this other family poor? Yes, to a different degree. And that's, mm-hmm. he, he doesn't, I don't know, I like, I like the way, as a father, he's very straightforward with his kids. And well, even, even before
1: mm. that, what did you guys think of the introduction? Like the hyper stylized, like the piece, like you see the crayon coloring stuff and putting back in the box. I thought it was like super, super cool. Before it's time,
0: yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Like uh, it's not something I would have expected from the early '60s. I would have thought, with a black and white picture from the early '60s, I would have thought they would have still just been doing the, like the the matte uh, opening credits.
1: Yeah, where it dissolves into a new title card with, like, a background on it. Right. But it was pretty cool. Yeah, it, like, colors over To Kill a Mockingbird. It's, like, a really cool title reveal. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was cool. Yeah, ahead of its time. I noticed it had its own credit, like, introductory title sequence designed by someone.
0: Did you find it hard to separate uh, what the movie did from what the book did?
1: Uh,
2: no.
0: Like, can can you review the movie independently of the book? And be like, I don't know. I mean, it, it really is Harper Lee's story, and it's it's. I mean, she she is to credit for most of it. Obviously, yeah. I, I wonder sometimes how how much of the movie of movies based on novels how much credit really belongs to the movie. Sometimes does that ever. Come in your mind,
1: where the original story is, you know, from a book or something.
0: Like, can you make a bad movie version of To Kill a Mockingbird? Sure. I mean, I'm sure we could try.
1: But. Absolutely, yeah. Because <laughs> there's great books that Just turn into all horrible There's great books that turn into terrible movies all the time. That's true. Yeah. And yeah. there's great movies from terrible books. I can yeah. kind of divorce it a little bit. It's, it's it. knowing what to pull out and what not to pull out. Though. Yeah, I mean, that's that's. I think sometimes, especially with, like, uh, you know, it's a kid's book, essentially. Sometimes when you turn it into a movie with, like, big stars, it's going to be from the adult perspective. I think this movie does a good job of still being from the kid's perspective. Yeah. Um, I didn't go scene by scene, but pretty much every scene is either from the kid's perspective or the kids witness something. Yeah. Like, even with Atticus at the jail protecting, um, protecting uh, Tom Robinson, it's the kids, you know, come upon the scene. I don't think it. there's any scene that doesn't involve the kids. It's a good
0: depiction of summer vacation, I thought, because mm-hmm. it's uh, you know the, the adults are still going to work, and uh, it's the kids just running around entertaining themselves. Yeah, yeah. It, rolling and, down the street in a tire, and <laughs> doing the like th- that's the creepy house at the end of the street. Like I bet you won't go touch, go past the fence. Yeah, yeah. Did you also notice that one of the things they claim about Boo Radley is that he he uh, he'll look in your window at night, and then. Uh, the only people who go look in windows at night are the kids yeah. <laughs> looking at trying to get a glimpse of Boo Radley.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, that's the most impressive thing, and has always been, you know, since I've been old enough to form a thought this complex, is that the movie and book has no... I mean, there's a mob that's racist. They're obviously mm-hmm. bad, but it has no true villain besides, like, perception. That mm-hmm. is the villain. Yeah. And for that story to be, like, able to keep a kid's attention and be made into a good movie where there's no, like that's the bad guy it is interesting to me.
1: Well, I think it, I think it, doesn't it make Bob Ewell the main bad guy? I mean, in, in the movie, in, in half the story in the movie. Well, I yeah. think like after the court case, you know, you wrap up with the final bad guy, which is Bob Ewell, mm-hmm. which is him attacking the kids when scouts in the ham costume.
2: Yeah. I just But still, out. I think it's more of a subplot than the main. I mean, it is, Two stories in one movie, essentially. Yeah, so, I
3: guess it's because it's, it's crazy to think that because I was when I was watching it, I was like, "Oh yeah, I'm really looking forward to the to the to the courtroom scenes." Yeah, but then they're in the middle of the fucking movie.
1: Yeah, yeah.
3: like, and that's it's you know because it's the back, end of the end of Act Three of the first play, right?
1: Yeah, and I'm in the same. I thought that the movie ended with the court case, mm-hmm. and I forgot about the ending with Bob Yule.
3: Or I thought I thought the ending with Bob Bob Yule because if if I remember correctly the the Halloween ham thing is like the last like chapter of the book, it's like the last like oh, like, like thirty pages, almost like an epilogue. Yeah, <laughs> of like because it's it's after summer, it's you know it's October. Like Dill's mm-hmm. not there, or no Dill, am I forgetting
1: this? No, Dill's not there. Yeah,
3: yeah, Dill's because it's just gem yeah, and scam. Yeah, you know it's it seems like
0: uh like an afterthought but then the movie it's, it's the second half of the movie Yeah, I, I like, half, I think the, the court case provides like the that, uh, the courtroom scene is where uh, is it sort of like the loss of innocence for Scott or for Scout right there uh, in that uh, like that's where she kind of is forced to grow up a little bit in the courtroom mm-hmm. scene because and then after that is where you, before the, before the verdict is announced you have Two, like you said two viewpoints from Scout you have Scout and Jim and Dill running around having fun and then you have Scout with her father and she's aware of what her father does and she's, like, she's clearly aware of the uh, of what things that go on because I think she's aware when she goes to the lynch mob and she goes up in front of him and starts talking to him I think she's aware of what she's doing mm-hmm. and then but those two sections of her life stay separate and then after she witnesses her father doing his job in person then afterwards you get the, really the intersection. And then at that point, from that point on, I wonder if it just serves to like mean that from that point on, she can't keep those things separate anymore. Like it's, you you know, once you've, once you've seen the realities and the, you know, horrible aspects of the world, you kind of can't be separated from them. And maybe that's why Bob Yule comes into her, it, you know, it's even in a setting where it would be her and Jim just walking through the woods on their way home with her dressed in what I think is a hilarious costume. Yeah, mm-hmm. just a really fucking mm-hmm. ham. Um, yeah. <laughs> and then I even wrote down, lol, ham. Just make sure, make sure. It, I, I crack up at that. But then, you know, Bob Ewell shows up and it's after the case, you know, before the case, she would not have expected to have to deal with the aspects of her father's life in her and Jim's mm-hmm. corner. Right. And that's what I kind of took that as, at least regarding the structure of the story, doing the court case in the middle.
1: Sure. I think the confrontation, Bob Yule, with the ham, it's, you know, the ham's kind of funny, a little peephole, but it actually makes it kind of, you know, as far as it can be, thrilling because you just see bits and pieces, see a shadow, you see a hand, and you don't, it's as confusing as, you know, a drunk man fighting kids in the woods would be (laughs) at night. Right. (laughs) <laughs> yeah I love you're talking
0: about it being thrilling there are there are scenes early too which uh, I love that it it gives you a sense of like the stupid shit that kids find terrifying mm-hmm. and thrilling like the scenes with boo where uh, I wrote down uh, they they after uh, Jim touches the door and he walks mm-hmm. he, he walks he runs off the porch and he looks at Dylan and he goes. Uh, you tell him about this in Meridian, Dill. You know, like, when you go home, tell him about... Like, he thinks that'll be impressive to other kids around the yeah. state. <laughs> like, Jim touched the door of the Radley house, you know? And, <laughs> that, and he thinks it's a huge deal.
1: Yeah.
0: And uh, some of the scenes, the way they're shot from the kids' perspective, they really are, like... I mean, we know they're not terrifying, because we know there's, like, not anything to be afraid of, but yeah. from their perspective, those are really, like, some tense shots that yeah. they have. You see
1: the shadow in front of the house and them trying to escape underneath the fence and yeah. someone gets stuck. John
0: gets caught. Yeah. It reminded me of uh I think it inspired a little bit of the silly terror of Beast and uh, the sandlot. Kids, oh, yeah. the mm-hmm. kids all being afraid of this just normal dog. Mm-hmm. And know, I'm not saying Boo Radley is is normal or a dog, but uh <laughs> you know, it's uh he it just reminded me of that, which is like
1: you build up stuff in your head from when you are a kid. Because yeah. the whole framing is scout, like adult scout is telling the story of the, the summer in you know, 1932, 38. It was in the 30s in
0: Alabama. All that's a reason I think it's a great movie about childhood. Mm-hmm. About yeah. being a kid.
1: It I've, gets so much right about what it feels like to be a kid.
2: I was always a... The scene that stuck with me the most when I was little was the rabid dog mm-hmm. scene. Yeah. Which also filmed... Like intense. Like just seeing it off in the distance, like staggering yeah. around is yeah, scary yeah. as hell. This is this is the
3: yeah. first time though that I actually like made eye contact with the movie magic when he shoots the dog. <laughs> you see that the dog's legs are tied to something oh, yeah. and then they just get pulled out from under <laughs> yeah. it and it falls over.
1: Pre-Pina.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I mean, at least they didn't shoot a fucking dog. The dog was only mildly irritated yeah. during the film. Yeah. <laughs>
1: And it's also, you know, teaching kids about restraint. It's not that uh, Atticus can't shoot anything because he doesn't. it's He chooses not to, even though he could.
0: Yeah. The cinematography of that scene, like you said, is really, really good. Just yeah. both of the dog and of Atticus. The angle yeah. at which he's standing. And mm-hmm. him and taking his glasses off. And yeah. Just throwing them in the dirt. He, yeah. like,
1: throws his civility in, on the ground with, yeah. with, like, the glasses. Part of what makes, you know, people look smart or look, you know. look older he he, he throws it to the ground so
0: the yeah the two guys with glasses agree that glasses make you look smart glasses are smart right (laughs) glasses mean you're smart 100% you can edit this out
3: because it's a different podcast but the two guys with glasses are also the idiots who thought that was a perfect episode of
1: (laughs) so what does that show you guys little 2020 nincompoops 2020 nincompoops yeah Look it up in a book. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Ever heard of one? So the the courtroom scene, nice, uh, <laughs> t- just as iconic still today. Uh, on your, oh yeah,
1: it's yeah. one of, one of
3: the best courtroom scenes of all
1: time. Yeah. Yep. I think um, watching it as an adult, it's even more weighted when you have like the separation, like the lower floor and the upper floor, mm-hmm. the whites and the and the African Americans. Mm-hmm.
0: I really I, I like the aspect of how much you identify. I, I think the the audience is definitely identifying with Scout a lot in the movie because even as you watch it, you just expect you expect Atticus has done. His job. He's done his job. He's proved Mm -hmm. that Tom is innocent. He's Mm -hmm. proved what really happened. And you expect, uh, like the kids do, that uh, the verdict is going to be a righteous one. It's going to be the correct one. And then it's not, and literally no one other than the, the people watching the movie and the kids are surprised. Right. Mm-hmm. It is like the the, the African Americans are not surprised. The whites are not surprised. Atticus isn't surprised. Atticus isn't yeah. surprised. Yeah. He even says we expected it. Yeah, I love Fight that. it on appeal. Yeah. yeah. The judge isn't. He's just like, all right, that's it. And he yep. goes, he walks out. No one is surprised by it at all except for the kids. And I think, I think for the most part most of audiences would think mm-hmm. yeah. it's going to be like a heroic not guilty thing and I don't know I think that's the magic of that movie making you uh, think that and then also you feel when 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 everybody else is not surprised by it that gives that connects you to Scout even more in that like you feel her like crushing heartbreak Mm -hmm. right there with her Mm -hmm.
1: Um, you feel alone from the town that like how could the place I live do this right that's yeah. still resonant like
0: today. You feel that harsh reality <laughs> mm-hmm. as they do. But yeah, it's, I and noticed I, they really build up that scene at the beginning. And I, I, I thought it was, I was like, I, f- I felt like nothing, nothing was going to happen forever because there's just so, it's a really long scene of people filing in to the courtroom where it's just like idle chatter mm-hmm. for so long yeah. and you're, it just, it really builds up that suspense that like, this is huge. Yeah. this is really really going to be something mm-hmm. it really sets up that scene nicely
1: and I love the, the dignity of the end of the court case where all the white people are gone Atticus is filing his papers and all the uh, the, the black people in the town are up there and the, the reverend even says like you got to stand up for your dad yeah. yeah, and in another movie in like a remake of this movie Atticus would like look up and like make eye contact and go like you know a, like a, a nod and a smile like that's what I do it for. It's you know he just he just quietly goes out.
3: Yeah, they all have enough respect for him uh, or a person in his role that they wait. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's powerful.
1: Yeah, yeah. there are, there are people that would be up there that are you know like you're talking about the gradations of being poor. That are probably much poorer than the Bob Ewells of the world, mm-hmm. but still have the respect for that guy's profession, mm-hmm. and don't like spit in his face or, you know, do anything like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
2: it's just one of the most. Both stories are so touching and good. Mm-hmm. They've always been one of my one of my favorites to to read. I need to read it again because it's been a while. But um, yeah, one of the one of the best heartwarming. Flicks mm-hmm. ever. Can we talk about how much of a creep uh, Robert Duvall is? <laughs>
1: <laughs> I
3: guess Just in we'll real
1: life,
3: <laughs> <What>? <laughs> I saw a Secondhand Lines. He didn't invite Haley Joel Osman over there to <laughs> get to know him. <laughs> um, no, but I remember I was like. You know, when I saw it the first time, I'd never like, put it together. I didn't give a shit who Robert Duval was. Sure. Mm. But then, like, watching it now, I, I was kind of looking forward to, like, oh, yeah, like, Robert Duvall. But Bradley, like, I want to see it. I want to see it. And then he's just like, bleach blonde fucking weirdo. And he's yeah. just like, ooh, no. <laughs> That's not my Robert Duval. How And that. He was probably in
2: his 20s. hmm came out in what 62
3: he's just like standing in like the shadow of an open door and like standing in like the corner room just kind of like grinning to himself eyes darting
1: and Scout's <laughs> like if you want to pet gem do it now because <laughs> he's unconscious later you won't get to do it <laughs> I
2: love how like it's heartwarming Lord in Bob the which she's just like the perfect mm. like picture of youth yeah she's like I'll just say whatever. Mm. It's fine. I mean, you get that in the first conversation I have when she's talking about like a why do you get mad at me for offering him whatever? Mm-hmm. And it's like that that just doesn't make sense.
1: It's about growing up though, like that story of yeah, like giving the the, the hickory nuts or whatever. It's like he's embarrassed to ask for stuff or to ask for a helping hands, and everyone knows you can't. beats up Walter because mm. told the teacher that. He won't take a nickel because he would be embarrassed about it. Everyone
3: knows that Cunningham doesn't take anything for free.
1: Yeah. I really
3: like the... uh, He's 31.
1: But it's figuring out the contradictions (laughs) in life is some of, like, growing up. He's He's 86 now.
0: Wow. I thought the relationship between... The on-screen relationship between uh, Scout and Jim was authentic as as siblings, too. Yeah, Mm -hmm. it's pretty good.
2: Uh, Especially with a big brother.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah, where they hang out, but they also got like getting like some scrapes here and there.
0: Yeah, like the scene where he starts laughing at her in her dress when she comes down Mm from school is like that's that seemed very authentic to me. Mm -hmm. Uh, And the kids played it great. Like, I think uh, you said she was nominated for an Oscar for playing Scout. It was really good.
2: Man, this is not I mean, it's kind of segue, not segue, kind of has to do with what we're talking about. The Godfather was only, I mean, I, I knew when they both came out, but the fact that. Godfather Robert Duvall is only 10 years older than To Kill a Mockingbird Robert Duvall has not seem right in my head. Yeah. He aged a lot in 10 years. <laughs> totally changed his appearance.
0: Yeah, from early 30s to early 40s is rough, apparently. Great. Uh-oh.
2: Well, it's also in the 60s when like everybody was smoking and drinking all True. the time. <laughs> True. And now it's just, just two of
1: us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Uh, but yeah, that's uh that's no, not a lot. a lot of talk about that hadn't been said. I thought yeah. uh, Brent had mentioned before um some of the bad reviews it got at the time by major publications, which is interesting to me.
0: Yeah, there's uh there's there's been and it's even picked up in recent years too, uh, that like this crusade against Atticus Finch as a hero character, um, just by saying he didn't do enough. He wasn't that he tolerated his his society too much. Uh, but that's... I don't know. I think that's really... Pretty
2: dumb. Yeah.
1: Yeah. There's sometimes, like, having a modern eye for old movies can be interesting, but you also gotta consider context. Like, it didn't even... The movie wasn't even set in the contemporary 60s. It was going through the civil rights movement at the time. Right. It was set in the early 30s. It's it's like bashing Abraham
0: <laughs> Lincoln for not doing more.
1: Yeah. You know? I like, mean, you, what. What uh, Atticus was doing w- would be revolutionary for the 30s. Yeah. You could do yeah. more, but would it really be realistic for just some random Alabama town?
0: Right. There's Yeah, there's a lot of, I don't know, white savior criticisms of To Kill a Mockingbird. And, I don't know, I think they ring hollow when I when I hear them on this movie. Yeah. Sometimes, I mean, sometimes that is relevant. And... This time, I don't. Like, I, I, I don't
2: know. The movies age well, too. I mean, I think it, well, he was number one on the Heroes and Villains AFI list, right? Yeah. That number one hero of all, all time. time. Yeah. I don't have a problem with that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it makes was,
3: sense. He was number three on the IMDb staff pick of uh, most memorable dads uh, yeah. in in film and movies. Hmm. Yeah. Most memorable? Yep. So me- I
2: remember. I would have him number one. Yeah, I'd have him around three. That's yeah. All right. So, I mean, I'd probably have Vader at number one just for most memorable. Mm hmm.
0: Jack Torrance
2: <laughs> pretty yeah, memorable well now a yeah. memorable dad
0: <laughs> um, anyway that's a it's a classic everybody should go watch it's on Netflix
2: Talk well, yeah. about dads I know Dave will do a, a formal segue but I forgot that one of the best dad performances in recent years was Robert Duvall he got nominated uh, anybody ever see The Judge? yeah yeah. it's really good I like that movie he's really good in it
1: He was pretty good mm-hmm. yeah. I didn't love that movie it was better It was more than I thought It was going to be Yeah
2: I was surprised by it I thought it was going to be like He's going to have to argue A case of his dad And it's a small town So they're going to let it slide This time Yeah <laughs> Something dumb But it was just Family and death mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. My name is Judge <laughs> 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 uh, I haven't thought about that in a
0: long time <laughs> Like the over, The magazine Yeah Insert from Arrested it could be
1: like where a movie says the title. Robert Duvall goes, "My name is Judge. I'm John Judge, and I'm a judge." <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> My name is kicking and screaming. Quest <laughs> for <Christopher> n- Hope. <laughs>
1: <laughs> My name is Segway. Man. Segwaying. Atticus Finch was a great dad to Scout and Jim. So we're talking about uh, dads in movies, TV, games. No. No, not you, games. Songs. There are no Ooh. fathers in games. <laughs> I know. Yeah,
0: I instantly thought of one.
1: Yeah, but just want to to kick it around a bunch of a uh, bunch of topics. Maybe first you want to talk about uh, you want to talk about
2: <laughs> movies,
1: movies, <laughs> TV. We have dads. Video games. <laughs> so we can talk about uh, you know we have fathers just like our uh, our. Um...
2: Those are the rest of humans. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm really, really locked here. <laughs> Ain't you got a dad? <laughs> Just like we did with our Mother's Day episode, okay. we, can, we can start off by saying some movies our dads uh, liked that may have influenced us a little bit. Anyone want to start with that train?
2: My, the movie, I'll start. <laughs> the movie that I think is uh, probably the best movie ever made, um, whoa, it is Casablanca and it's also my dad's. I've seen that many many times Um, he has a very strict uh, movie needs to make me feel kind of good at the end if it Mm -hmm. doesn't make me feel good I'm not going to watch it so like he would Mm -hmm. never watch or enjoy any horror movie um, or anything like that he's strictly uh, like he's a big fan of Hugo it was probably the most recent movie that he liked a lot Mm -hmm. because it just made him feel good he liked Mm -hmm. it yeah But Casablanca, and he's also had me watch some movies when I was growing up, Bridge on the River Kwai. Not a feel-good one, but more and something that he always thought was important. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But I think, in my experience, dads more than moms are very hard to pin down to a genre. I know what my dad doesn't like, but as far as what he does like, it just depends. Mm -hmm.
0: Um, Yeah. (laughs) With with my dad, it's a... I don't even know if I could... Watch a movie and know if he would. I mean, I just assume he would not. It's not that he wouldn't like it; it's that he probably would not stay awake through most movies. He just, he just movies put him to sleep. Uh, One of his favorite movies is uh, No Time for Sergeants, which is uh, Andy Griffith, Don Knotts Mm -hmm. movie comedy from the fifties. He also really loved It's a Mad, 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 Mad World, Um, and I think he liked Smokey and the Bandit and. uh, basically just like comedies, like fun comedies from uh, 60s and 70s and whatnot. He liked those. Uh, he was the same way. I don't think he wants to feel heavy or like, you know, from from watching a movie. I don't think he would enjoy Manchester by the Sea or anything like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. That he likes, like uh, my dad likes uh, sports movies. He likes uh, baseball movies. I think he really liked Moneyball. Nice. And he liked uh, other, he also likes like the shitty baseball movies like the, uh, Clint Eastwood Scouting movie or whatever. Uh, Trouble tr- with the Curve. Trouble with the Curve, yeah.
2: <laughs> Not about erectile dysfunction. <laughs> Although, is it? You <laughs> <laughs> just, just reminded me of uh, this. my dad. I forget what. We had a bet on, like, I could do this chore in, yeah. like, 30 minutes. He was like, you can't do that 30 minutes. It's going to take you an hour or something. And I was like, I'll bet you something. And he was like, he was like, let's just bet. And whenever we bet, it was we didn't bet on a thing. It was like, we'll make you do something dumb or embarrassing or whatever and I lost a bet and we went to Blockbuster that night and he made me go inside by myself and I was like 8 and uh, request Young Frankenstein but I had to say Frankenstein and <laughs> then say Frankenstein I was like 8 and like, you know, there's a bunch of high school kids working at Blockbuster and Coke, and they didn't know what I was talking about. They thought I was dumb. It's like Frankenstein. like, Frankenstein? I was like, no, it's Frankenstein. Yeah, we watched that movie tons growing so, up, so I, I knew what was going on.
0: I also have a story of video okay. store embarrassment involving my dad. And it was, uh, we, uh, like, he rarely watches new movies, but somehow, on TBS or something, he caught the Shawshank Redemption and loved it. And so every time we go to the, to the video store in Mallground... Uh, he would walk up to strangers and say There's this movie called The Shawshank Redemption. You should check it out. <laughs> like it's, it's, some it's, engine. Yeah, like and he would like he would like Like, pull it off the shelf and hand it to people (laughs) sometimes. You should watch this. This This is a great movie. Such a dad movie. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Getting
1: a commission. And
0: I would be mortified just over in some, I'd just like wander away, go to some other section because I found that really embarrassing because it was the same movie every time. It was just Shawshank. It was the only movie he saw in 1994 or the 90s and he recommended it to everyone. And nice. now, yeah, now he'd probably just be like, oh. well, trouble with the curve. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, for our <laughs> <laughs> listeners, uh,
3: a video store was a place that you would go to, and you would rent a movie for a couple days, and then you would bring it back and get a different one. Yeah. Just they don't had, want to date us too
1: much. <laughs> they had video cassette, and then they had DVDs. Mm-hmm. And Blu-rays for a minute. Yeah. <laughs> And HD DVDs. <laughs> oh,
0: god, Those the like the purple case ones? I don't know. The ones you accidentally rented and I had to go back. <laughs> I feel bad for the people who bought like a bunch of those when it was coming out. Because, I mean, just from the name, I would have bet more on HD DVD than Blu-ray. And then Blu-ray 1. Up. You're sitting there with a... Unsupported
2: format now. The movie I went and saw the theaters with my dad that used to me of, that he liked a lot was a Be Kind Rewind. <laughs> he really thought was hilarious. Just because he liked them making all the old movies. Yeah. But uh, I remember a phone conversation. You're only hearing his half of it. And it's like, hey, I need a copy of Ghostbusters. And he's like, oh, you have one. And he's running. And he's like, oh, a DVD. I need a VHS. Yeah, they said that about Laser Just 2. <laughs> he just hangs out the fun. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh.
1: Well, anyway, Chris, our dad? I was going to throw it to you.
3: (laughs) Here's how I'm going to do it. Uh, Again, you know, hard to pin down. Um, One thing that I will say, uh, and I'm going to force David to talk about the movies, is uh, as a kid growing up, he would babysit David and I by playing video games. Mm -hmm. So my dad media thing has always been, uh, you know, sitting... Mm -hmm around on the couch him playing video games and us watching yeah it's never been you know movies or genres because he kind of he's like lukewarm on everything um, yeah it's hard on, 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 to impress him. on most of his tastes. but I you know he played the original Legend of Zelda to babysit my brother and I and like the final thing is he to babysit us mm-hmm. nice um, yeah, but... Watching a video game could be super entertaining. Oh, yeah. just watch I my mean, brother do it all the time. Yeah, captivate, it. like, three- and five-year-old yep. Chris and David. And know. then,
1: a little later on, when we were playing the more advanced games, he would kind of pop in and look for a spell and go, man, these are crazy. Yeah.
3: Yeah, that, that's what I think of. And then, you know, the, the easy take, the the, the the Christmas time, you know, he's a... It's a Wonderful Life Christmas story thing, but I think that's every dad. I think that's like most people. Yeah. I watch the movie every
2: year. Just... Cause. he mm.
1: loves that one he he loved Shawshank mm-hmm. I know he's he, it was always like that if it's on TV I'm gonna watch it mm-hmm. but it always felt like when we were watching movies with him he would tolerate movies like it'd always be like it's good
3: yeah it's,
1: or yeah. or just like eh <laughs> there was two like reactions to pretty much everything there was a while when I was living uh, still living at home where I would be in charge of getting blockbuster movies and I was a little like kid snob in the making would get a snob movie, a movie I think my parents would like, that get two movies at a time, and wouldn't really impress with either that much. Yeah. <laughs> There's some, you know, random stuff here and there he likes. Um, it's really hard to remember. He liked District 9. We rented that and he thought that was pretty cool. That was good. Um, mm-hmm. He liked Star Trek movies because he was, he oh, was more right. into Star Trek than Star Wars. He actually just, like, Pretty
3: flat, doesn't care about Star Wars. Yeah.
1: Right. I think that's why, as uh, you know, Chris and I probably don't have the reverence, a lot of people do, because our dad actively thought Star Wars was just like a soap opera with Muppets.
3: Yeah.
1: <laughs> he thought, yeah, in he, a way. he yeah. thought it was silly and stupid. Not too far off. Is silly. Yeah. <laughs> so then we never really watched it growing up, never had a VHS around. <laughs> we went to, I think the first one... We may have seen some before, but we saw Phantom Menace in the theaters just because there was just a fever pitch around it. But. Yeah. But he would always get excited if, you know, there was a Star Trek nemesis, a new Star Trek going around. Yeah. He would uh, just he be excited just Jazz to see it. it. <coughs> he
3: did. Nice. I remember growing up, that was a staple. When we were still living in Canada, it was uh, Blue Jays games, and it was uh, Star Trek, you know, Jean-Luc Picard, Star yeah, Trek.
1: Next Generation. I just remember something in particular, like, we wanted to watch Full House, but he's like, Star Trek is on. <laughs> and, like, uh, being mad, we couldn't watch Full House at the time. Yeah, but you're still, I think, mad, you're still I think, mad about it. I, I think tell. he was right, though. <laughs> Star Trek Next Generation over Full House. Yeah, my my dad loved
0: TV a lot more than, than movies. He would, uh, uh, it still prefers to watch, like, sitcom reruns. Mm-hmm. Uh, over he would rather watch four sitcom reruns over one movie and he can stay awake through four sitcom reruns in the same two hour block that he would definitely sleep through a movie
2: yeah um, my dad with TV is so bizarre because he'll just like I watch I watch Big Bang Theory it's like oh you watch that show I'll be like well I watched like three hours of it one night I've never seen it again like there's no like yeah. I'm gonna watch this show on Tuesday nights yeah like he watched Band of Brothers and he watched the Pacific but you know Otherwise, other, other than that, like, doesn't really tune in for weeklies, whatever's on. He doesn't really care. He's yeah. normally got a book in his hand anyway, so.
1: I guess I more remember, rather than movies, uh, connecting with uh, TV. Like, always used to watch Simpsons every Sunday mm-hmm. together. And as we got a little older, we could watch X-Files with him. He loved X-Files. Yes. And then we could watch, uh, he loved South Park when it came out. He would always, like, sneak us to watch it with him. Yeah. I remember watching the first early seasons and our mom being so mad that (laughs) we're watching this filthy show. Yeah. And even nowadays, like, I think we connect more with him about TV than anything else. Yeah. It's not like you should see a movie and talk about movies and stuff. It's talking like Walking Dead. Leftovers. Leftovers, Game of Thrones. And he's Mm. way into streaming stuff. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Like the Amazon streaming, the, you Mm. know, Netflix series. He's he's up on all that stuff.
3: I was thinking about the, the, the movies thing to try and pin him on something. And uh, two things. First, I think he is probably, um, other than, like, like certain movies, like Shawshank, probably, like, his like f- favorite movies of all time, like, allergic to rewatching movies. Yeah, like nice. To the point where if, like, we're, like, looking for movies and he's, like, seen it on a plane, he'll just, like, mm, seen it. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's,
1: his favorite movie is the next movie he hasn't seen. Right. Like, when I say, like, he tolerated stuff growing up. He sees a ton more movies than we ever will. Yeah. Because he just likes... He loves on-demand and streaming and renting stuff yep. digitally. And he flew a lot. I mean, he watched, like, four movies every time he went yep. to Luxembourg. And he still goes yeah. to the theater, like, every other week with our mom and watches, like... I think he liked the John Wick movies. Mm-hmm. But he just kind of takes them in, and then he's done with them.
3: So, second, second part of this... Maybe five or six years ago. Maybe even longer than that at this point. uh, For Father's Day, um, it was always, you know, like it used to be, you know, home-cooked meal and then like rent rent movies. So, his Father's Day, it's like, all right, well, Dad's choice. Like, what do you want to watch? And the movie that I remember him choosing, and this is just indicative uh, of how he chooses things, a movie he hadn't seen, epic movie. <laughs> uh, yeah. I exactly. walked out of that one. That and um, uh, what's, uh, what's the one with uh, Anna Ferris? Scary movie. Nope. Or the the, the uh, House Bunny? The House Bunny. <laughs> Those two movies are, dub- are double uh, feature. double feature. the House Bunny. Oh, I thought <laughs> about watching it last night. I've never seen uh, it. Okay. Our double feature for Father's Day that year was Epic Movie and House Bunny. And we <laughs> fucking
2: hated him for it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that's just, he hadn't seen either of them. And that's all he cared about. Yeah, the last movie I saw with my dad was The Martian during that Oscar season I'd already seen it but I was like oh he's by far the smartest person I know and he's like really into science and mm-hmm. knows a lot of that so I was like oh you'll like this it's known for being realistic Yeah. so we watched it together and the asshole like he's lighting the hydrogen when he's trying to yeah. make water and uh, like a big flame goes up like a blue flame my dad's like I've lit hydrogen on fire before. It doesn't burn like that. <laughs> I was like, Shut up, man. You know,
3: asshole! <laughs> <laughs> I let hydrogen all the time in my balloon, in my dirigible. <laughs> <laughs>
2: he probably did at some point for those like exact reasons. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He was the guy who would—I mean, not just like talk about dads forever, but he was the one who—the point—he would <laughs> leave uh, when they lived in Miami before I was born. My brothers, my mom, and him. Uh, He would sail to the Bahamas by himself, which seems like really dangerous, probably. I was like, how'd you do that? He was like, well, if you leave at midnight, you can get there uh, right before the sun comes up, and you can see the lights, so you don't have to have, like, great, like, compass and direction. You can just sail toward the lights, and then you got all day in the Bahamas. It's like, when did you sleep? He was like, I don't know. God, weirdo.
3: (laughs) It's really putting yourself on a clock. It's like, yeah, I gotta get there before daytime or
2: I'm lost at sea. <laughs> <laughs> like a 10 foot sailboat. Yeah. He said he was going one time and he saw a manta ray. It was so big, he could see it on both sides of his boat. I was like, fuck that. It's horrifying. God, how are you alive? Lighting hydrogen on fire, sailing the islands in the middle of the ocean. <laughs> So do you want to run down
3: a quick list? I thought I'd have nothing to talk about. There's a quick list, it's just you know, kind of hot takes on uh, memorable TV movie dads and uh, movies. Dads from TV movies. Yeah. Yep. There was a down. <laughs> yeah. Lifetime originals. Wizard
1: of Lies. <laughs> so one
3: of the so this list is kind of old. So so one of their first um, Pat Solitano Senior from Silver Linings Playbook. Oh That that stands out to them as a great. Movie dad. I think
1: he's a terrible father.
0: Yeah. He's a horrible dad, but it, it's a great character. Yeah.
1: He's, yeah. Got, he's got
0: issues, too, though. He's, I don't know he's how.
1: denying his own mental illness and doesn't see it in his yeah. son. Yeah,
0: and his son and, like, his son's, you know, future love, are only valuable to him when they make him money.
1: Yeah. And he's codependent, the... like, egging on his son's obsession when it, like, helps yeah. his, yeah. the juju for winning an Eagles game.
0: Yeah. And
3: this is, I, I said best. I said, I meant memorable. He's, no, definitely, he's memorable. definitely memorable. Yeah. 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 Um, I, I thought, this is just something I found really amusing. On a different list of best TV dads, <laughs> listed was Herman
1: Munster. <laughs> <laughs> I mean not a bad dad.
0: No I don't have enough familiarity with that show, but I've always heard good things about the family dynamic in the monsters. It is
1: good. And you think like it's there's a Frankenstein's sweet. monster, there's some Dracula DNA in there, Wolfman. Yeah. Obviously a blended family. He keeps it all together. <laughs> <laughs> just genetically it would have to be a blended family.
3: It really keeps that family stitched
2: together.
1: <laughs> this show just
2: has no like plots about them being monsters. It's just like they're they're like an everyday family, but they're monsters. <laughs> Like, that's, that's it. He's like an accountant.
3: That's so accounting firm. <laughs>
2: it's
3: just that every time he gets up from the desk, he knocks everything over. Right. <laughs> uh, also on this list, uh, they have for memorable uh, Tywin Lannister. I think very memorable. <laughs> See, that's the thing. is, is from that show. If I were putting one person on there, it would be Ned Stark. It would be for me, too.
0: Well, yeah, they're they're kind of polar opposites as far as how they father.
2: Mm-hmm. I think one Ned, with
0: love, one with hate.
2: They're both <laughs> also like if you're a Mr. GOT Guyton. fan, they're they are maxed out on the memorable scale. They're yeah, tied right, right top.
1: Yeah, Tywin Lannister was such an interesting character towards the end of his run, mm-hmm. and Ned Stark is a really flawed father. you consider he was idealistic to In that an world extreme, it work. and yeah. it had horrible ramifications for his family that he didn't even consider. Yeah. yeah. Um,
3: this next one, I just loved the quote that was in it. <laughs> it's because this was in t- 2011. Not that it wasn't known then, but what's not to love about Cliff Huxtable? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Cliff Huxtable. The great, great guy. Yeah. 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 So then, next on the memorable list, I'm going to just fire these off real quick and then we can pick which ones we want to talk about. We've got Homer Simpson. Louis from Louis, from Louis C.K. from Louis, uh, Harry Morgan from Dexter, Michael Bluth from Arrested Development, uh, Brian Mills from Taken. Nice. And then obviously <laughs> the best dad. And then obviously Darth Vader. Or worse the most dad. memorable dad.
1: Huh? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. How many people You're... need to get taken for you to like you know taken once? Shame on you. Taken twice? Shame on me. <laughs> taken four times.
2: You do the Michael Scott quote. <laughs> yeah, <that's laughs> it's true. true. Trick me once, strike one. Trick me twice, strike three. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, it's yeah. Brian Mills is not a great dad. I mean, it
1: should just be a general rule. You lose your kids that many times, not a great dad. <laughs> you do the right thing when they're lost, but it's like the difference of being reactive versus you know. It's preventive. like a,
0: It's like Jessica Fletcher from from uh, uh, Murder She Wrote, yeah. like. Great, great resident of the town? No, because everybody just comes in contact with dies. Oh no, I, <laughs> I feel like, like if
2: y'all y'all had kids, they went to, like Paris on vacation and they got abducted, and they called you, you just like decline their call, up, text them back like, "What?" <laughs> <laughs> do you understand how much these dogs me? data. Yeah, what? What do you want? Get on
1: uh, Wi
0: Fi. <laughs> Louis Louis's interesting on that list because he's just. I love Louie's interactions with his oh, kids yeah. on that show <laughs> they really because they are little assholes <laughs> yeah uh, the,
3: the one I forget what's, what season opener it is but he's with his youngest in the bathroom and she's he's making sure she brushes, brushes her teeth and she just looks at him square in the face and goes I love mommy more <laughs> and just keep brushing her teeth <laughs> it's just such a devastating moment for any human being but she's already
0: moved on from it, but like she's just yeah, yeah, alone. I think
3: that's the setup for him uh like the stand up in that episode is him uh, doing the like children are little monsters,
0: <laughs> I feel like I don't know, I feel like Harry not the best dad for dexter I mean he was the perfect dad for the situation.
3: Yeah. True. Finds out his son's a serial killer and then keeps him out of jail and lets him feed yeah. his I feel like dark maybe jail passenger. would be better. Most of the show
1: yeah. you get, you know. Well, this... for
2: society, but not his son,
1: maybe. Yeah. Well, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, I never watched
2: that. I never will, so. Probably <laughs> and most of that. the show. <laughs> like, well, not for Dexter, <laughs> if you think about it.
1: <laughs> Most of the show you just get the relationship through him. Uh, Hallucinating. Hallucinating. Right. Yeah. Hallucinating his father. Mm. So, I don't know.
0: Yeah, I don't know either. I do and love that actor. <laughs> He's really good. He's a bad yeah. guy in 48 Hours. James Remar.
1: Yeah. Wasn't yeah. he in like a WB show back in the day? Probably. WB. Like
0: mm-hmm. He was on the Michigan J-Frog show. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> it was a good show. Michigan,
0: Michigan. J-Frog uh, tap dancing and Harry or, uh, Harry trying to murder him. Uh, we've got uh, Jason Bateman as Michael Bluth.
1: It's it's complicated. He's a good father, but he's also very codependent with his son, and uh, is very involved in his life, yeah. even when he's in like in high school and
0: to to a, to a fault. Yeah, it's I, l- I love his character just because he is so much smarter than everyone around him, yet also winds up doing, being an idiot. Yeah, like everyone around yeah. him. Yeah,
1: he's just ignorant about. He just things. looks real smart
2: because he's surrounded by those people.
0: The the Charlize <laughs> Theron. Uh, Uh, arc in that story is hilarious to me. Mr. Mr. F.
1: Mr. F.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Michael doesn't realize he's like the last person to figure it out.
1: (laughs) Yeah. He's oblivious about himself. Yeah. And everything else he's kind of holier than thou. (laughs) It's kind of his character. Yeah. And it's taken to an extreme in the fourth Netflix season. (laughs) Where he is really taken through the coals. That character.
0: Yeah. He's
1: (laughs) he's roughed up by the show.
0: George Michael just really can't stand him in that season. (laughs) Yeah.
1: It's got a great finale too. Season 4 finale.
2: One of our favorite shows is a podcast I and mean, Chris
1: maybe not as high on
2: it as the three of us are but I think he still likes it so it was uh, Friday Night Lights Coach Taylor's probably the closest yeah. Atticus Finch I would get in modern times. Yeah.
1: If you go for like best in terms of being a good father and father figure Father to all those kids. He's yeah. the first person I thought of. Yeah, me too. Especially Coach when you training.
2: have the, the two main football players or three really my, Michael B. Jordan I forget their character names now the QB one, Matt, Matt Sarson, and uh, the everybody's favorite football player, the fullback, long yeah, Riggs. Those all three of those people don't have dads, you know. Mm-hmm. That's those are the, the main three right characters of the show, the players, football players of the show, right? And they all need him, and yep. he's he's yeah. such a good. He treats
1: him just like he does his daughter. Yeah,
0: I was about to say he doesn't even he does that without like ignoring her. Like yeah. he's a great father to her too.
1: And I think we have a bias where we tend to gravitate towards father son stuff just because of mm. you know we're all dudes but the uh the coach Taylor and uh Julie Taylor relationship is also really good mm-hmm. like he does the best he can like relating like talk to your mom some for some <laughs> stuff but also is willing to give her the uh you know the the life speech
2: yeah it's not just and stand-up, guidance stand-up character when he the episode where he Thinks he catches Riggs trying to make a move on her when she's drunk. When Riggs is living with him, and he mm-hmm. throws him out of the house. And he goes to Riggs the next day when Julie tells him what happened and is like, Thank you, I'm so sorry. You know. And I think he has a great quote of like, The manliest thing you did during all this was like not not whine about it and not try to defend defend it. You just left when I told you to. Like, that means a lot to me.
0: I spent the last three minutes trying to figure out what sounded wrong about that and I realize it's it's Riggins. Oh yeah. yeah Riggs is lethal weapon Yeah <laughs> <laughs> The whole time
2: I'm like I'm
1: like Riggs?
2: Riggs? I think, they, I think uh, What's her name Calls him Riggs Yeah it's
1: just like A nickname The
2: tall Beautiful girl Who Donald Glover Was gonna sleep With <laughs> Matt Damon And the The only part of that Show that sucked Was Matt Damon uh, Killed a guy And they never Resolved it Yeah <laughs> Rider Strike
1: that, That's it, Jesse Plemons Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> Matt Damon
1: Does it look like Matt Damon?
0: Well he's he, Cause he was on uh, Breaking Breaking Bad, Bad yeah as a as a meth, and it looks mm-hmm. like weird Matt Damon. Ultimate yeah, like Universe.
1: Matt Damon. Get, he looks like the Team America Matt Damon Yeah,
2: <laughs> um, but yeah, that Rider strike thing. <laughs> he killed a guy, and the writers came back, and they're like, Nah, we're just gonna put that inside." <laughs>
0: yeah, I always just. I thought maybe like like just we had picked up on that, but no. If you like look at lists of like TV shows most drastically affected
2: by the Rider strike. Friday night, Lights is always because they one. they solved it. They wrote it in, but it was really bad. It was like
3: he was asking for it. No, it was like, uh, well, he was I'm a sorry.
1: guy who had
2: like it was a guy who had raped people, so he oh. was a bad guy. I was gonna
1: rape, uh, is it Terra? Tyla Ty- Ty- Tyra Tyra. You guys said like <laughs> four
0: things that weren't names. Tyra, 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 Tyra. So, what's got there? What's a buddy's daughter's name? What's her name? Oh, Lila, myla, or Somebody. Lila, Lila.
1: <laughs> Jorb, <laughs>
3: Jarn, J- J- Jarf, Jarf. <laughs>
1: That's the secret Alex phrase. <laughs> this week. Jarf, Jarf.
3: Figure out how to spell it, idiot.
1: <laughs> Figure out what we what we're meaning by saying Jarf. All right, Mufasa. <laughs> And we'll just give you the login information to everything. <laughs> it's Mufasa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Jarf, jarf, Mufasa. <laughs> yeah, the media Bias
0: Password is the first three lines of that Lion King song. <laughs> you have to spell it right. I got some
1: dads I want to talk about. Alright. Just Chris style. I'll just go down the list. Yeah. Uh, I was thinking of good fathers, like the best fathers. Um, Harry Potter heads. Arthur Weasley. I, I think he's a, good a great dad. Yeah, yeah. especially <laughs> Harry doesn't really have a father. Kind of left a
0: flying car outside <laughs> where the kids fly that thing. Everybody. That is a great dad. Uh, <laughs> I guess I think of
1: him in like Order of the Phoenix yeah, onward. Yeah, is, is uh, great taking in everybody. Um, I, I thought about Mac McGuff from Juno. It's just like uh, matter yeah, yeah. matter of fact about everything, just accepts it and goes on. J.K. Simmons. Has a great uh, conversation with Juno later about it. Yeah. Andy Taylor, you're talking about before? Yeah,
0: he's he's my he, he might be number one or number two with uh, Coach uh, Andy Taylor from the Andy Griffith Show is mm-hmm. the Andy Opie relationship is just perfect on there.
1: Yeah, and it's a little misguided sometimes, but uh, Jack uh, Barnes from Meet the Parents, pretty good dad, <laughs> very protective. Let's stop. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh, I remember how I
2: was thinking of that, that Gina reminded me of if you don't mind me jumping real quick but Kay. Stanley Tucci uh, as The Lovely Bones Easy A
1: God <laughs> 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 uh, so It was easy <laughs> <EZA laughs> A super
2: hippie put with your parents. tiny hand in mine and I quit. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: We'd, we'd with you gotta know that mentioning Tucci is gasoline on this podcast. <laughs> Someone's gotta match.
3: You, you induced the Tucci rage. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Tucci! Right. That's the magic word! <laughs> ah! <laughs> fucking
1: <laughs> We've
3: been here for a while. So, anyway,
1: Father's, happy Father's Day. Yeah. Uh, Please uh, swallow us Armageddon. <laughs> <laughs> That's on your list. Don't act like you improv that. Wait, okay, so <laughs> act like it. hang on.
0: I want to hear TJ's point about Stanley Tucci And Easy A. I was so. thinking
2: about Jack Torrance. <laughs> so, Tucci, my, my bad. <laughs> no,
1: Easy is. I think Easy is a great movie. He's very uh, supporting and he's funny, but disciplinary. I guess every now and then. Jerk. <laughs> the great 2G Switcherucci. Well, what's his name? It's like Jarvis or Yeah, it's like <laughs> <"Let's> Switcherucci. <laughs> I was like, you guys did not react to Chris strongly enough <laughs> on that joke. <laughs> switcherucci. Uh. Yeah. So how about uh, assigning new homework? Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, before we get to that, I'd like
0: to mention two quick uh, video game fathers that ah. I like. Um,
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm not interested. I don't want to hear it. <laughs> well, one of them Chris reminded me of. It's uh, from Red Dead Redemption. Uh, John Marston oh, yeah. is, a, is a good good dad to his <sighs> game. Those are really like touching scenes at the end mm. of the video game where he gets to spend time like teaching his son how to shoot and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. He was like hey you can be a magical shot like me and you know slow down time and then uh, also it's it's more of a father figure although he's a father at the beginning of the video game but uh, from the last of us uh, is it Joel? Yeah. Is that his yeah. Name? Joel yeah Joel from the last of us is an actual father at the beginning which is a heartbreaking scene and then uh, mm-hmm. Joel has the father figure to uh, throughout Ellie. The, Ellie. Ellie yeah throughout the rest of the, the game mm-hmm. you know, really powerful stuff yeah that's it. Cool.
1: I, I can't guess. think of any other video game stuff that really jumps out to me. Yeah, it's been long think, thinking on it. So, I so a lot of it. video games, people like characters that are orphans, or you know, just or their fathers are just irrelevant to the story. Yeah.
2: Well, Mario Junior, mm. <laughs> Baby Mario, Donkey Kong Junior.
0: Ooh, I just thought of another movie dad that I love, and it's uh, uh, the beetle from Kubo. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah.
1: that's a good one. Yeah, it's pretty good. By the way, is Baby Mario? It's baby? a baby version of Mario. So it's not Mario's son. No. So it's just it's not his mustachioed
2: son. No. But
1: in Back to the Future rules, wouldn't Baby yeah, Mario like, encountering was, Mario in like Mario Kart, like Mario scenarios? Baseball, <laughs> yeah,
2: break the space time continuum? Oh no!
3: Wouldn't Mario in Mario Galaxy when he goes out into the like deep space? Wouldn't he suffocate?
2: No.
1: Next question. <laughs> this is Mario we're talking about. Yeah. Eat a mushroom and get big. <laughs> he touches a leaf and he flies, dog.
3: But seeing baby Mario, continue broken.
1: Well, unless you tell me he, like, eats a little piece of tuna. And <laughs> then he's okay with it. That makes piece sense. tuna. Like,
2: <laughs> well, if you're still listening now, the password is orphanage. Text um, me orphanage and I'll give you a... Nothing. Uh, anything. <laughs> <laughs> um, from those we'll get kids, a t-shirt made.
0: Uh, wouldn't uh, wouldn't Bowser be the better dad because he gives his his kids cool ships to fly into, oh, yeah. gives them all their own land.
1: You know, he lets them branch out for themselves and control their own kingdom.
0: They also get their own style. Oh, mm. man, it seems like he probably killed all their mothers though.
1: I think he's the father.
0: No shit. <laughs>
1: How's that possible? <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, after <laughs> there's
3: some there's there's some contention. Uh, the Koopalings, so the ones named after you know musicians, are they like daisies or peaches? Kids? That
2: no, you a Turtle Baby.
3: But they 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 may not actually they're not actually Bowser's kids.
0: Oh, Bowser Jr. However, is probably his kid. Mm. That makes of mm. Donkey Kong Jr. Donkey Kong another dad. Never got a real good handle on their relationship, so I don't know.
1: Yeah. Real uh, cats in the cradle suggestion. <laughs> <Jenny's> nice, <laughs> nice insight. He's, he's busy all the time crap capturing uh, princesses. Didn't yeah. spend time with Donald Trump Jr. I don't
3: know if I've pointed this out before, but another junior that blows my mind is that James, James Bond, Bond, Jr.
1: <laughs> James Bond is his uncle.
3: How is he the junior?
1: <laughs>
2: Sorry. They're sons of like some... It's like George Foreman's kids. Uh, All
3: All names
1: George. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So, what's the homework for next week? It's going to be assigned by our own very Chris. (laughs) Yo. So,
3: I don't know anything about this movie, but it's just available on Netflix. And I figure, let's stop watching all this old shit and watch something that just got released that you can stream. Uh, It's Shimmer Lake. If you log into Netflix, it's going to assault you with an ad for it. So just say yes, please, All and right. it'll play. Is it animated? No, no. I really don't know much about it. I know Rain <laughs> Wilson's in it.
0: Well, <laughs> I did depart from our uh, bodies of water uh, <laughs> list we were going down, so it'll be good to get back to On Golden Pond uh, with Shimmer Lake. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm
3: trying to bring the, uh, the 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 release year for homework up the average up to at least the 1990s. <laughs> <laughs> TJ's
1: forgotten why so, he where he is. TJ's mouth bugle means that the time for the end has come. <laughs> anyway, this was Tuggy Talk <laughs> 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 podcast for the Media Bias. Please visit the site and see our stuff. Twitter at the Media Bias. Email mediabias at gmail.com. There's a the before that just so you know Facebook groups <laughs> <Nailed it. laughs> Facebook groups movies by us TV by us and games by us we hear from you you give us topics you subscribe five stars yes yes uh, thanks to Willow Walkers again intro music Bangarang and uh, show notes outro music gonna happen thanks Chris thanks thanks TJ <laughs> sure <laughs> thanks Brett. Happy to be here, and uh, that's it. Bye.
3: yeah <laughs>